Welcome to Weekend Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Join us for an in-depth look at Iowa agriculture. Here's your host, Dustin Hoffman. Welcome to Weekend Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Hoffman. Coming up in today's show, we'll be joined by Iowa First District Congresswoman Ashley Hinson and Iowa Farm Bureau President Brent Johnson. Russ Parker is waiting in the wings for the rest of this segment. But first, let's talk about some of the headlines. The biggest headline of the week was the markets. As we look at how this week settled down, we have this from Brian Doherty of Total Farm Marketing. He said it was like juggling chainsaws. The volatility of the ag market with outside forces of war, inflation, recession, rising interest rates, and uptrending U.S. dollar have analysts and farmers feeling like they might be juggling those chainsaws when it comes to analyzing prices. It's been an extraordinary year with the equity markets experiencing their worst return since 1970. Who could imagine a war in Europe and continuing fallout from a pandemic yet has happened and each day rolls out with a new change. No longer is the market only concerned with U.S. events. When China sneezes, traders take notice. A drought in Brazil added more to the mix, helping push soybean prices to near all-time highs. And then summer unfolded when the entire commodity complex unraveled. Are the bull markets over for this year? Maybe. We'll never know. It's really going to come down to what weather is going to do for this growing season. So how do you make sense of it? From a perspective, rising prices offer selling opportunities for your production only with hindsight will you be able to know if they were the right decisions for 2022. Many lamented earlier sales as price rallied into the winter. If you sold early and often, you were increasing your average selling price. After green prices peaked and tipped over in June, those early sales suddenly looked really good. What was learned is that the rallies are often selling opportunities, and despite emotional stress, it's a good time to take advantage when those price rallies happen. That's just part of the synopsis we got from Brian Doherty at Total Farm Marketing. It definitely was a volatile week for those prices. I'll be back with you coming up in segment three, but for right now, let's turn things over to Russ Parker. Ever started out a conversation beginning with, well, to tell you the truth? I don't know about you, but whenever I start a response using this phrase, I add a disclaimer, something like, not that I wouldn't tell you the truth anyway. I remember as a young kid learning about the importance of telling the truth. And I don't recall exactly what the purposeful inaccuracy was, but I do remember my father's correction strategy. And it certainly had an impact as I considered future answers to questions. And growing up, I recall implementing some strategy to create, let's just say, shades of gray. Phrases like a little white lie, a half-truth, what they don't know won't hurt them, And I'm sure there are other phrases that I use to help navigate through some of my relationships and questions I was asked. I will tell you these strategies did not serve me well. And in fact, the best advice may have come from my grandmother, who admonished, always tell the truth, then you won't have anything that you'll have to remember. And there's a lot of truth that experience and maturity leads to wisdom. And as the role of a parent, now in the next generation, has created my turn to teach my kids the importance of truth. And now my kids are parents, and I'm learning they implemented some of those strategies that I used in my youth. And I've listened to more than one coming clean story as a father to a parent. And I suspect it's a need to clear one's conscience. And today, as a person closer to the right-hand side of the dash... The meaning of truth takes on a new dimension. 
In fact, one I wish I had understood and thought about when I was much younger. And I was reminded of this last Sunday, listening to a message about the definition of truth. It seems particularly the case these days. We are incorporating into our subliminal thinking the question, is this really true? There is a truth on which I am absolutely certain, and in fact defines all that is true. And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Food for thought, I hope. This is Russ Parker. Have a blessed day. Well, thank you, Russ. And with just like that, we're at the end of segment one. We're going to take a short break here on Weekend Ag Matters. And when we come back, Riley Smith visits with Congresswoman Ashley Hinson. Stay with us. What's your idea of fun? Catching a concert? Hanging with friends? Whatever it is, find your fun at the Iowa State Fair. 11 days of concerts free with your gate admission. Catch Adam Doliak, Colt Ford, Quiet Riot, Slaughter, Resurrection, A Journey Tribute, and Latino Celebration. Plus, fair favorites like Hairball and the Nadas. Nothing compares to the music and fun of the Iowa State Fair. August 11th through 21st. Start finding your fun at iowastatefair.org. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters. Here's Riley Smith. Well, we're here with Iowa Congresswoman Ashley Hinson just to talk about a few things that have been going on recently. So first off, Congresswoman, let's talk a bit about your visit to Tama County County last week, Uh, just about things going on and especially with women in agriculture. Absolutely. You know, it was really great to have kind of an outdoor roundtable discussion with so many great women in ag. And this is a program that is truly designed to bring women together and and uh, conduct educational programming. So um, not only was it about, you know, how to uh, do rotational crops, how to do rotational grazing, for example, like one of the uh, hosts did, but it was also to talk about programming like taxes and how do you handle rent payments and how do you as a woman uh, run your own business side of the operation. Uh, many of the, the women who are maybe have been farm wives are now finding themselves in a new situation with uh, maybe the loss of a spouse. And so um, it was just really fascinating to learn about how they are using this as a community building tool, but also a true educational tool for women in the agriculture space. Right. And just how incredible is that to see that start off? I mean, obviously, everybody thinks about the farm wife when we talk about uh, you know the women in agriculture, but there's so many uh, women who are the farmer on the on the farm and mm-hmm. running the operation, and it's you know I'm sure it was just you know like you said a, a great opportunity there and and just how important is that you know diversity for agriculture. Well, yeah, and it was really about sharing that wealth of knowledge, right? You've got a lot of women who are on the business side, right? And and making sure they're communicating that and and expressing that to other women in the, in the industry and in the field. Um, it was interesting too. You you look at how many people are typically showing up at these and they, they're doing these, they're starting to do them in counties around the state um, and they're getting 20 to 30 women and sometimes men are even showing up too. So it's not just specifically women, but it's really um, focused on, again, providing really value added programming that's um, helping people to be better stewards of their land, helping people to be better business people, um, and helping people run better operations. So um, just a really, really great program and was excited to learn more about it. Right. So you know, maybe let's just dive a little bit more into that program. You know, do, do they have other uh, sessions coming up and, you know, where all do they meet for this? 
Yeah. So they're, it's kind of rotating, really. I mean, they, they have women who are hosting these events at their farms. They're using community buildings. Um, and again, they have um, USDA grant dollars coming in to help. Um, but I just thought, you know, when you look at the expansion of this program, and again, it's not in every single county, but they're they're hoping to scale it up, right? They're hoping to continue to expand and, and get more interest in the program throughout the state. So I would just encourage any woman watching or any man who knows that they have a, a woman who might be interested in, in programming about, about tax, about um, bee, they had one that was on beekeeping. Um, they had one on, like I said, rotational grazing. So um, if you're interested in that kind of programming, um, that's what this program is really about. Um, it's, it's providing those educational tools to people at truly at kind of a grassroots community level in terms of getting the program started. So um, I hope it expands to all of 99 counties in Iowa. Um, we're starting to see some really good growth of the program in, in my district. And um, it's not in every single county. So I'll be doing everything I can to continue to talk about it and get it to spread further. Right. And not only are we seeing educational benefits from it, but of course, you know, even just from you and I talking about it right now, we're bringing awareness to it. Of, you know, th there might be a lot, like you said, of, of spouses who maybe they, they lost uh, their spouse and right. they have to take over running the farm and just bringing awareness to that to maybe others who are in that same situation, mm -hmm. uh, other women in agriculture who just need to learn more, uh, they can find it out. Right. And it was interesting. One of the stories that was shared um, at our little discussion on Friday was that uh, one of the women who had attended this, you know, at the time, she didn't find the information valuable. And then she realized uh, after her parents passed away, oh, yeah, this is now what I need to do. I know those steps of how to handle this situation because I, I heard it talked about at this forum. So I think it's 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 great to just continue to have a wide um, breadth of knowledge in the space. And um, again, this is about trying to um, you know, diversify your, your knowledge base. I mean, I, I was pleasantly surprised to hear that they were, you know, holding sessions on beekeeping. Um, you know, we need more pollinators, right? In Iowa, that's something I think that we are very, very concerned about long-term is the the longevity of, you know, our, our flora and fauna and making sure we have pollinators. So um, that's a that's a great way where we can um, continue to maybe even help someone support a new business. Maybe somebody's deciding that that's their next um, venture. Um, so I just think it was a really uh, a neat program, a neat tool, um, and some really, really neat women helping to run it. I'm encouraging them, them to get out and talk about it, too. So maybe you'll get a, a call from them, too. But I said, go on the radio. Let's spread the word about this program around the state. So um, they're really doing some great things. All right. And let's uh, shift our focus as well a little bit to uh, just the, an issue we've seen across the state and across the country, really, is that uh, consumers are having to spend so much of their take-home pay on rising inflation costs and everything there. Mm -hmm. So Let's just talk a little bit about the situation, your your viewpoint on it, and just kind of the actions that you're taking right now. Yeah, well, inflation is really killing our small businesses. It's killing our families. Um, it's it's absolutely an awful experience for so many hardworking people right now. Um, it's cutting into their bottom lines of their family budgets. And it's the number one issue that I hear about from my constituents back home. I just did a, a Main Street walking tour in Benton yesterday as part of my 20 county tour. And what I heard resoundingly from my constituents was um, it's holding them back from making more investments in their businesses. It's holding them back from hiring new people. It's holding um, people back from doing the things that they want to do because they're focused on maybe just just being able to pay their bills or put their food on the table. And so I continue to talk about how inflation is not just a number here in Washington, D.C. Inflation is that Main Street business owner who's worried about their supply chain, who's worried about getting their product in, who's worried about having a buyer for that product. It's a senior on a fixed income who now, when you look at 90% of that uh, pay being eaten up by inflation, 
um, you know, they're already on a fixed income. And so they're just trying to make sure they have the money to be able to buy what they need. Um, it's the mom with the minivan who's trying to figure out what she's putting in her grocery cart. And um, I have a friend who shopped year over year and compared receipts and it was 30% more for the same items. So um, I would argue 9.1% seems pretty low for uh, what uh, Iowa consumers are facing and what we're having to make daily decisions on. So um, I see the fastest way that we can control inflation as number one, making sure we're stopping the spending spigot here in Washington, D.C. Uh, we warned time and time again, if you're spending this much money, it's going to trigger rampant inflation. And it did. So we need to stop that. And then um, the other thing is we got to get transportation costs under control. Uh, the fastest way we can bring those down is to drive down costs at the pump. And so that's why I've been out there talking so much about um, ethanol and our biofuels industry in Iowa, because we have a great answer that can help make fuels more affordable and provide another choice for consumers um, while still focusing on all of the above energy strategies. So um, I think that's the fastest way where we can work to drive down inflation. Um, we have some other proposals as well that we have been talking about here in Washington. But unfortunately, um, Nancy Pelosi uh, is leading the Democrats right now in Congress and they have a trifecta. And so they are uh, driving the agenda. And unfortunately, um, that means higher costs for consumers at the pump and at the grocery store. Right. And we know that this is one of those things that it, it feeds into itself as a solution. You know, we have these lower costs at the pump with the ethanol that feeds into just better uh, production for the producers. They see more of that uh, money mm -hmm. go into their pockets. And it's just a good thing all around. And I think, you know, one of the main issues we see with that is there's just not a general understanding of, uh, you know, what biofuels can do, ethanol, what it does, and just how good it is, you know, for the planet as well. So, you know, have you seen a little bit of a change of, you know, maybe some people are more willing to learn that or what can we do to kind of increase that, um, what I would say, literacy of what's going on? Yeah, and it is. You're right. It's a it's an awareness and literacy issue. And I'm working with many of my colleagues and we do have a, a very bipartisan biofuels caucus out here in Washington, D.C. And you've got a lot of people um, from uh, the Midwest region who are working together to make sure that these bills can cross the finish line. We did get a package through the House a few weeks ago. Um, I was an original co-sponsor of four of, I think, seven or eight of the bills that were in the package. But, um, you know, that was a bill that focused on ethanol. And we were able to get an E15 provision included in that, and that piece of legislation. So we're still awaiting Senate action on that. But um, we will do everything we can to continue to educate um, people out here about the benefits of supporting Iowa agriculture in, in the fuel space, because um, I know that our Iowa farmers are feeding and fueling the world, but they are also in the energy business. And um, that is something that obviously is top of mind for so many Americans right now. Right. And this is a solution that's available. We have it right now. A uh, quote I saw recently that, that really, I think, hits the nail on the head is that if it's not available and it's not affordable, it's not a solution. And we have mm -hmm. that right here. So it would just be, you know, we really wish that we could just have it right away. Yeah. All of the uh, ethanol producers that I've talked to have said they're ready to go and ready to ramp up production. So uh, we know the capacity is there. We know our farmers can produce the corn necessary and the other uh, other products that are used to make ethanol as well. Um, and so I, I think it's a win-win. Like I said, we can support our economy. If our farmers are doing well, that means they're buying equipment that supports those sales jobs at implement dealers that supports the jobs uh, for the, the people working on the line at John Deere putting together those tractors. So um, ultimately, it has a huge impact if we can continue to support Iowa's agriculture industry in this way. And so I'll continue to be a champion for it here in D.C. That again was Iowa First District Congresswoman Ashley Hinson. 
And that brings us to the end of segment two for this week's program. When we come back, Dustin Huffman will wrap up the show. This is Weekend Ag Matters. Hi, my name is Ethan Smith, and I've been a certified crop advisor in Iowa for about six years. The Iowa CCA program is valuable to me because it helps keep me informed on new topics and research around the industry, including soils, insects, diseases, and much more. It's also a great way to network with others around the state and beyond. Iowa is known for its crops, and that's why we're here. To learn more about becoming a certified crop advisor, visit iowacca.org. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters. Here's your host, Dustin Hoffman. Welcome back to the final segment of Weekend Ag Matters on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Huffman. Well, the Iowa Farm Bureau sent a delegation of people to Washington, D.C. to talk about ag issues, talk about some of the input cost problems we've been having. I had the chance to talk with Iowa Farm Bureau President Brent Johnson, and he told us a little bit about the trip and what kind of expectations they're having. So now you're in D.C. this week uh, having some meetings. Uh, tell us about why you're out there, what you're talking to people about, and, and kind of fill us in with what's going on. Yeah, we're, we're out here in Washington. We brought just about 50 county leaders from all over the state to, to meet with our legislators, congressmen, and, and senators. Uh, we were in the USDA earlier today, and, and tomorrow we'll probably be in the EPA and, and some other agencies as well, just making sure that, you know, our voices are heard where they, where they need to be heard and, and, uh, making sure that our members are, um, engaged on the implementation side of our policy and and you know some of the things that we're talking about out here um is you know has to do with climate smart ag um as the usda um one of their top initiatives and how those um conversations may affect farmers and and um you know there are the farm bills coming up soon so we're we're starting those conversations and then uh, one of the things that we've really been spending a lot of time on is uh, crop input pricing and, and specifically on the fertilizers uh, conversation and, and uh, some of the antitrust issues revolved around that. Well, let's start there with that fertilizer. What Tell us about these the message you're sending there with the input so people understand how this is affecting the bottom line of producers. Yeah, the uh, so uh, on Monday, um, the... The Iowa Farm Bureau and the American Farm Bureau and the, the corn growers and the soybean association, uh, we got a letter to the president of the United States, um, asking him for, uh, tariff relief when it comes to fertilizer pricing. Um, we all, as far as farmers goes, uh, we all understand how the price of fertilizer has absolutely increased over the last year specifically. But, you know, for those folks who may not fully understand, I mean, dry fertilizers on my personal farm um, increased 200% in one growing season and nitrogen fertilizers increased to nearly 300%. So, and, and some of those increases are due to tariffs that were laid in. And so in the time of, um, you know, questionable profitability heading into 22 and 23, you know, when it comes to national food security and um, some of those some of those things that really have worldwide consequences as the 
what's going on. Um, you know, it's, it's important for production Iowa, um, and producers all over the Midwest to have reasonable price inputs so that we can maintain a high level of production so that we can keep our national food security um, secured. Now, also, you know, you talked about climate smart agriculture. Obviously, the environment is something that gets a lot of a lot of focus, especially in this administration. And, and so there's a lot of seems like seems like farmers have a bullseye on their back quite a bit. Uh, you know, what, what's the, the, the general message you're bringing there? I mean, obviously, there are farmers who are trying to take on some of these practices. It, it's not something you can flip a switch and do overnight. I mean, what's the message that you're bringing to them about, you know, the practicality of some of these measures and how, it takes, how long it takes to implement them? Yeah, well, it's, that is, the, the time to implement is certainly a, a huge consideration. And, you know, I've worked with farmers, thousands of farmers across this state, and, you know, there are so many... Uh, people doing a lot of innovative things and and whether it's whether it's for economic reasons or environmental reasons there's a lot of very very good stories to be told and we're making sure that those stories are understood here in washington dc and and as as the the folks out here are navigating some of those some of those possibilities that they see um that may define uh climate climate conversations within production agriculture we need to make sure that they understand that there are real ramifications for farmers and, and how this, this may, may help, how this may hurt their specific operations, what opportunities there are that, that these opportunities remain voluntary and, and that we can continue to have the diversity within the production systems that, that I know are, are there all across the state. All right. Now you said you've got meetings coming up yet with EPA and things like that. I'm, I'm I'm assuming WOTUS might be one of those topics you talk about. Is it going to be? Oh, no question about it. You know, there's. It's really disappointing that this administration has um, revisited WOTUS. I mean, the the navigable navigable waters act was something that was clear. It was workable, and producers understood where where we were at. So to to revisit. Um, the, the now new WOTUS rule, um, that, is, that is something that we are going to be focusing on a lot. Um, that is certainly going to be one of the conversations that we have with EPA tomorrow. And um, really, uh, you know, they, they do understand. However, um, they need to have a, a, better, a better foothold as to, to what that potential rule means for uh, produ- production agriculture, how that new rule um, really uh, becomes fuzzy when it comes to uh, what we can and can't, will be able, won't be able to do on our own farms. And at the very least, we're going to try to, we're going to get the EPA to, um, let's, let's wait and have the Supreme Court hearing on the Sackett case so that we can understand what the waters, the nexus of waters means to, to that so that we can um have, have a future discussion as to, as to the viability of that rule. Now, you also had a, a meeting at the White House yesterday, I believe, as we're recording this here on Wednesday. Uh, tell us about how that went and, and what kind of audience you received there. Yeah, that that was a very good meeting. Um, the meeting in the White House went it went well. Um, we met with one of the one of the president's top aides uh, when it comes to the tariff relief letter that that we put in there on monday so so the very next day we were there talking um they 
they asked very good questions as far as, you know, the implementation process. How is, how is that potential removal of those tariffs actually going to impact farmers? And, and we had a very good discussion. So, so I'm anxious to uh, see what they have. We've got some follow-up work to do with them, and, and uh, we'll continue to keep our, our foot on the gas on that, ish, on that specific item and, and try to get a, uh, uh, an outcome that's favorable for Iowa farmers. So obviously, when when rural America does not make up a very large percentage of the Congress, unfortunately, obviously there are people who are very disconnected from the industry that are are making some of these laws. How important is it to have events like this where people are coming and engaging and helping educate and help people understand that it's not that anybody's against new changes or anything like that. It's understanding what makes sense and what's practical and and understanding how we do our job. Yeah, it's 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 vitally important, and I'm really proud of our members who have taken the time out of their, their personal schedules and away from their farms to come here and, and have those very conversations. So, you know, over the last couple of years, um, well, since our last farm bill, so since 2018, half of the house of representatives are new members. Half of, so half of those people have never had a discussion about a farm bill or, or, you know, a lot of them haven't even had discussions of what, what agriculture means to them on their daily lives. So, so to come here and try to educate those folks so that they can at least have an open concept as to what the farm bill means, how, how their food is produced and, and where it comes from, um, you know, it's, it's as important now as ever. All right. Well, Brent, I thank you so much for taking the time to fill us in about the trip and wish you luck with the rest of your meetings this week. All right. Very good. Thank you. That again was Iowa Farm Bureau President Brent Johnson here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. And that means it's the end of Weekend Ag Matters. We thank you for joining us. You can find all our content online at iowaagnet.com. Don't forget, you can find Ag Matters PM Monday through Fridays through our YouTube channel and social media outlets as well. And you can also find our podcasts under the podcast tab under iowaagnet.com. For Riley Smith and Russ Parker, I'm Dustin Huffman. Thanks for joining us. This has been Weekend Ag Matters.